You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. There's a problem that exists, and John's now going to address that problem. He's going to address that problem because he says, you have to be careful. If you are not careful, you will be deceiving yourself. You will be deceiving yourself, and you too will be walking in darkness. Read 9 through 11. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. Deeper into this chapter, John warns the people about hypocrisy. It's easy to trick ourselves into believing we're keeping God's word while simultaneously twisting it into a sinful behavior. Today, while progressing through his message, Pastor Dave will explain how to avoid this in greater detail. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Fresh Word. No one who came in contact with Jesus was ever turned away, including the great Nicodemus. Jesus never turned anyone away. In fact, Jesus even touched his enemies with his love. He showed loving pity on the religious leaders, and they wanted to kill him. As he was being crucified, he showed love to those who were hammering the nails. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus is the perfect example of loving one another. His love shining brightly in the midst of darkness is an example of the fresh word, the fresh new commandment. He illustrated that old truth that God is love and that the real life is a life of joy and victory. And we can have that too in Christ. He's given that to us. The true light is shining in the darkness, but the darkness is trying to extinguish it. The darkness is trying to extinguish it. It wants the light to go away. How? Because it's constantly throwing a barrage of hate towards the light. Even today, everywhere you go, everywhere you see, you know, it's no longer acceptable to love your neighbor unless they agree with you. If my neighbor agrees with me, I'll love him. If he doesn't, I'm going to hate him and get him. That's what the world thinks these days. The world demands that you agree with it in order to be loved. That's what the majority is saying. You have to agree with us in order for us to love you. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus told us that we are the light of the world and that we are to shine that light into the midst of darkness. It's interesting how the world keeps telling us that it wants to see enlightenment. 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 But the world is living in total darkness. Their eyes are blinded. They don't know where they're going. They're stumbling over each other. But this is no different than 
the day in which Jesus walked, the day that he called Paul. What did he say to Paul when he called them? He said, I want you to deliver the Gentiles from what? The power of darkness. I want you to open their eyes to the truth. That's what he said. So what should the mission of the church be? And by preaching the gospel, we're going to what? Come against the power of darkness with light and open the eyes of those who can't see. Yes, absolutely. He has called us to open eyes. So what a great prayer as we're praying for those who are unsaved. Lord, open their eyes. Give them understanding of you. Open their eyes that they might see the love that you have for them. What a great prayer we could pray. It's a mission that we need to do and we need to move forward because Satan is trying to keep the world in his grasp. But we need to open their eyes so that they can come out of the muck and mire and into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. So that they come into that marvelous light and receive forgiveness and be a child of God. As we love the world, the light of Jesus Christ shines through us and touches their heart. Oh, how the world needs love. You know, in 1964, Jackie DeShannon wasn't too far wrong, was she? She said, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Boy, she knew what she was talking about, didn't she? It's the love of Jesus Christ. It's the love of Jesus Christ that the world needs. But there's a problem that exists, and John's now going to address that problem. He's going to address that problem because he says, you have to be careful. If you are not careful, you will be deceiving yourself. You will be deceiving yourself, and you too will be walking in darkness. Read 9 through 11. He who says... He is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where is he going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Wow. This is where the rubber meets the road, gang. This is where our faith is put into action. We need to be careful here not to say one thing and do another. We need to be very careful. It's easy for the Christian to speak about the love of Jesus Christ, but how it seems so hard to practice it. You probably don't have that problem loving everybody, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I have that problem loving various people. And when I say, Lord, I want to love like you love, he sends one my way. <laughs> and he says, this is the one I want you to love, Dave. And I go, oh, oh. <laughs> This becomes the third way that the old commandment becomes fresh, by experience. This is the experience of the fresh word. Walking in trueness, walking in love, walking in the light. If I say I love the brethren while actually hating some, I'm not walking in the light. Instead, I'm walking in darkness. You know, every time I say that word, it's a vicious word. Hate is a vicious word. 
It's a horrible word, and it should not be part of our vocabulary unless you're saying, I hate sin. It should not be part of our vocabulary. But it is. It is. And we use it all the time. And talk about a word that's been devalued. I hate Brussels sprouts. I love them, actually. I really like them. They're good, so. But we say that all the time. It's a word that has lost its value. But hate is a horrible word. God's love to us is so much more than words. It's an action that was demonstrated on a cross. Over 2,000 years ago, God demonstrated his love for us. Jesus hung on a cross and died for the world. That's a huge demonstration of God's love. See, Christian love is opposite than the world's love. How can I say that? Because Christian love is giving. The world's love is getting. There's a difference. It's very easy to use the right words. You know, we sing the songs, we pray, we think we're so spiritual. But if you're harboring hate against your brother or your sister, you're deceiving yourselves and you have blinders on. You are caught in a dark, dark place. And you need to seek the forgiveness of that person or forgive that person. You say, I love the Lord. I'm walking in his life. But if this is true, it'll prove out by the way you love one another. That's the proof of the pudding. How do you love one another? Do you just love the select few? It's not that gushy feeling. As I said, it's a practical, practical situation that applies to everyday life. I wrote a ton of scriptures here that show the practical application of this love. Here's some of them. Jesus said, wash one another's feet. Prefer one another, it says in Romans. Be of the same mind to one another. Don't judge one another. Receive one another. Admonish one another. Edify one another and build each other up. Bear each other's burdens. Confess your faults to another. Have hospitality towards one another. And there's so many more. So many more scriptures that tells us how we can show this love one to another in a practical, real way. And this is what the world needs to see. This is what the world needs to see. And I had a dear friend, I keep telling you about it. He keeps telling me, he used to tell me all the time, what the world needs to see is Jesus with flesh on it. He needs to see us practicing what we preach, practicing the love of Jesus Christ in front of them, loving them. Yes, even the unlovable, even those that we, fingernails on chalkboards, even those. What is our example? Once again, it's Jesus Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul, he coined it. He really wrote about this love, and I have to read it. He wrote about this love. He wrote about this love. You know it's in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, it's in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm just going to read several verses. This is the kind of love that is being talked about right here, that John is saying that we should be doing one to another, that we need to have this love in our hearts. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, 
thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Wow. Is that the kind of love that you show? I'm sure it's the kind of love you want to show. I'm sure it's the kind of love we all want to show. When we love this way, John says we're living in the light. When we can't love this way, we're actually in darkness. And this is so hurtful to our lives. This is extremely hurtful to our lives because this is a life that is not real. This is a life that is false. And I said this many, many times before. If the people out there can tell anything, they can tell what's false. Not only that, but when we don't love this way, we ourselves are close to stumbling. This is what he says in in this letter right here. You're close to stumbling. So not only is hurtful to ourselves, it's hurtful to others that they may see us stumbling. One commentator said this, quote, love makes us stepping stones. Hatred or any of its cousins like envy and malice makes us stumbling blocks. Which one are you today? Are you a stepping stone for someone to reach Christ? Or are you a stumbling block for somebody to trip over on the way trying to find truth? And where should love be exercised the most? Church. In the local church. Why? What does love cause? Unity. Love causes unity. And you know, I don't have it tagged. Psalm 133. You know what it says. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Dwell together in love. The commandment to love one another becomes new and fresh as we practice it every day. The more we walk in the love of Jesus Christ, the more we will love like Jesus Christ. The more we abide in him, trust in him, hope in him, the more we will share that with others and share that love of others. When, when we practice this Christian love, what will the results be? What are the results that's going to happen when we practice this love? Well, first of all, you will experience a life that is real, a life full of joy, a life that is complete by having true koinonia, spirit-filled fellowship with God and with each other. True fellowship. Number two, you won't stumble. You won't stumble in the darkness because you'll be able to see because of the light. You'll be able to see because the light is shining. Nor will you stumble others. Number three, you will grow more spiritually. You will grow more spiritually into the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you will become Christ-like. And that will be attracted to people. And people will want to see that. And you'll win more souls for Christ. More people will come to Jesus Christ because of the love you show. You will have joy inexpressible. Love produces joy. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Love, the second one, joy. The person who loves always has joy in their heart as opposed to the person who hates. The person who hates is most miserable. Most miserable. 
When you are walking in Christian love, you will experience a new joy because you'll be walking in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, which produces joy, lasting joy. And when you blend love and joy together, you have peace. And peace produces patience. And patience produces hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. Now, you might be sitting there going, man, Dave, you make it sound so easy. Well, that's far from the case. Because if you try to generate this love in your own power, you will fail miserably. You will fall on your face and scrape your nose terribly. By nature, we are selfish and hateful. Jeremiah told you what the heart was. Deceitfully wicked. It is only, only when we are totally submitted to the Holy Spirit that this type of love is possible. Only when we are following his lead and his guide, abiding in Christ, never seeing ourselves separated, that this becomes natural. It becomes the way we walk. It becomes our newness. Paul wrote about this in Romans 5. In Romans 5, verse 5, he said, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This love that we have is being poured out constantly. What did Jesus say at the Feast of Tabernacles? Out of your heart will flow torrents of living water. It is by the power given to us by the Holy Spirit that this commandment becomes fresh. This commandment becomes something. It can be an exciting day-to-day walk in the light. It can be so exciting. It can be so exhilarating. And as we walk in the light, we experience God's love in the most extraordinary ways. And then as his love is produced in our hearts, and as his love overwhelms our heart, then I can love someone else. I can love the unlovable. Just like I am unlovable at times. Don't you laugh? We can love the unlovable. We can love as Jesus loved. And we can walk as Jesus walked in that love. And this is what John is saying. The Christian life that is real takes this old commandment to love God and love your neighbor, the one that was from the beginning, and blends it to the fresh word today. We've already experienced the power of the Holy Spirit that has come in us and changed us from the old man to the new man, we know what that's like. The Holy Spirit never grows old. He's always fresh. He's always new. He's always always there. Let me give you this thought. Think about this. The Holy Spirit is the only person on earth today who was here centuries ago when Jesus lived, when Jesus taught, when Jesus died, and when Jesus rose again. He is the only one who can take the old truth and make it fresh in your hearts. He is the only one that can do that. He can make that new every single day in your life. He can do that for you now today. See, this is the real life that John has been pushing for. This is the real life that John experienced. 
This is the real life now that he wants us to experience because he knows if we experience this real life, if this becomes a truth in our heart and we walk in this truth and we walk in the light and he knows that and we continue to confess our sins, if we continue to move forward, he knows that that life will go out like a magnet and it will draw all people, not to me, not to you, but to Jesus Christ, which is the goal, which was what we said earlier. You want somebody to listen to you about the gospel message? Love them. Show them the love. Show them God's love, and I guarantee they will listen to you when you start to speak. But if you come at them with just words, it's just going to hit them and fall right down. Show them that love that God has shown you and that God has overwhelmed you with by the Holy Spirit. Show them that. And I guarantee they'll want to know why. How come? You were this way before and now you're not. What's the difference? How come you're doing this for me? How come you like me? And you get to tell them about Jesus Christ. You get to tell them about our Lord and Savior and what he has done in your heart and that he can do the same in their heart. That's what the Christian life is about. And that's what we're called to do. And that's what us as a church is called to do. Now, I know it's difficult now in the time of masks and social distancing and all that kind of stuff, but we can still show the love of Jesus Christ. We can still show that love to anybody who walks in these doors, to anybody that we meet in our circle, in our places we go, wherever we go. We all have various places that we go on a regular basis. We can show that love just by being nice to a cashier just by being nice to someone else or just by having kind words. It doesn't take a lot to show somebody the love of Jesus Christ. It doesn't take this masterpiece that we have to talk about. We have to have this liturgy. It doesn't take that. Sometimes a simple thank you. I've been going to the same Wawa every morning now for over 10 years. Sunday morning at 5 o'clock. I go to the same while, I've been walking in there and I get coffee and things every Sunday morning. And these guys there know me and we talk, but it took a while to break through that, that wall. And now they know who I am and then we start talking and, and the Lord comes up automatically and it just flows. It didn't happen overnight, it was a succession, I had to work on that. But wherever you go in your circle, you carry Jesus Christ with you and the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to show that love one to another. Folks, that's what it's about. Because if we're not going to do this, we might as well close up shop and go home. If this is not on our mind, then we need to think about doing something else. If we're just going to sit here on a Sunday morning and get blown up on the word and not do anything about it, well, then that's fine. But this is what we've been called to do. This is what God is calling us into. I think it'd be a great place to start. So love one another. Love God first with all your heart. Give him everything because he's given you everything. He hasn't hold back a thing from you. Love him with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Make this a new and fresh, exciting experience that God can do for you and that God can do for those outside. You are a sure 
This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Thanks for tuning in. Sometimes it's helpful to know what your boundaries are, what the acceptable parameters are for living your life. In this book, John made it clear to those he was writing to the differences or contrasts between light and dark, truth versus lies, and Christ versus the Antichrist. These are opposites of one another, because like all of life, there is a constant reminder of good and evil, of sin and righteousness. Throughout God's Word, He provides clues and instructions of what things are good and right. He also gives warning of what's wrong and sinful. So John's writing is a reminder of the boundaries God's put in place for your benefit. This is not any kind of punishment or consequence. On the contrary, it's to give you more freedom and to allow you to live life to the fullest here on earth and beyond. Is your heart waging war between these things that John has written about? Are you wrestling between loving the world and loving God? If you'd like to talk to someone about the things that you've heard today, please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number, 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. Feel free to listen to more messages like this on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Be sure to join us again next time here on Assure Hope.